we do understand that the wreckage came to rest in a very challenging, very steep, heavily wooded area. So, you know, this is not going to be probably just a one-day operation. Tonight on the KRBD Evening Report, poor weather hampered efforts today to visit the site of yesterday's float plane crash in Misty Fjords National Monument, a Craig man is killed in a logging accident, and another candidate has filed to run for Ketchikan City Office. Those stories and more coming up. First, a look at the local weather. Expect patchy fog and scattered rain showers tonight. Lows in the mid-50s and light winds. Patchy fog and scattered rain showers Saturday, with mostly cloudy skies Saturday night. Highs in the mid-60s, lows in the mid-50s and light winds. Mostly cloudy skies Sunday, with rain Sunday night. Highs in the mid-60s, lows in the mid-50s. Southeast winds to 10 miles per hour. Rain on Monday. You're listening to the KRBD Evening Report, I'm your host, Maria Dudzak. Poor weather was hampering Friday's efforts to access the site of a fatal sightseeing crash in Misty Fjords National Monument. And it's too early to say what caused the plane to crash into a mountain, killing all six on board. The National Transportation Safety Board's chief in Alaska, Clint Johnson, says investigators plan to spend the weekend investigating Thursday's crash about eight miles northeast of Ketchikan. We do understand that the wreckage came to rest in a very challenging, very steep, heavily wooded area. So, you know, this is not going to be probably just a one-day operation here, but everything is going to be predicated on weather and safety. The de Havilland Beaver, operated by Southeast Aviation, was carrying five cruise ship passengers from a Holland America ship and a pilot. The Coast Guard's rescue team reached the site about three hours after receiving a distress signal and reported no survivors. The names of the deceased have not been released. The investigation is slated to begin Saturday morning, Johnson said, but that's dependent on weather conditions. What we're going in to do is to document the accident site to the best of our ability, best we possibly can given the circumstances, before the wreckage recovery portion takes place. Johnson says the NTSB will try to determine a probable cause of the crash. If need be, they will make recommendations to prevent further accidents. Before Thursday's crash, at least 15 people had been killed in sightseeing crashes in the area since 2015. State labor safety officials said Friday they are investigating the death of a Craigman killed at a commercial logging operation on Prince of Wales Island. A statement from the Department of Public Safety says a log being loaded onto a trailer at a commercial logging operation fell off the truck at about 7 a.m. Thursday in the Rats Bay area, killing 46-year-old Reginald Watt. The statement says Alaska State Troopers, Village Public Safety Officers, and U.S. Forest Service personnel responded to the scene. Watt's body was sent to the state medical examiner's office in Anchorage. Next of kin have been notified, the agency said. Alaska Labor Standards and Safety Division Director William Harlan says it will be some time before more information is released on the incident. Ketchikan City Council member Janalee Gage filed for re-election Friday for a three-year seat on the council. She is also a volunteer DJ on KRBD. Jay Matani, who serves on KRBD's board of directors, has also declared his candidacy. There are two open seats on the council, the second seat is currently held by Sam Bergeron, who as of Friday has not declared whether he'll run. Vice Mayor Dave Kiefer has filed to run for mayor. He's a volunteer DJ on KRBD. 
The mayor's seat is currently held by Bob Sievertson, who has not indicated whether he'll run again. Kiefer currently holds a seat on the council. His term expires in 2023. Should he be elected mayor, his seat would be vacant. No one has filed yet for borough offices. There are two three-year seats open on the Ketchikan Gateway Borough Assembly. Those are currently held by Sven Westergaard and Felix Wong. Wong cannot run for re-election due to term limits. Three three-year seats are open on the Ketchikan Gateway Borough School Board. Those seats currently are held by Nicole Anderson, Kim Hodney, and Doug Gregg. The seat held by Gregg was vacated by Sonia Scan earlier this year. The deadline to file for local elected office is 5 p.m. August 25th. The election is October 5th. For people living in southeast Alaska's smaller communities, medical costs can add up fast, especially when travel is involved. As KSTK's Sage Smiley reports, a Wrangell nonprofit is trying to help. Each year, the WMC Foundation holds a golf tournament to raise money, and the centerpiece of the post-tournament lunch? Well, we requested a boob cake. It's always okay. been a boob cake. I know cake. it always has. It's always yeah. a boob cake. <laughs> but the foundation does more than raise money to fight breast cancer. The busty dessert is a carryover from its original focus. Now, as board member Alinda White explains, that's shifted to helping people fighting cancer with their medical bills. That can be hotels, taxis, airfare, ferry, any of the above. Diane and Noor started volunteering with the organization while working as a nurse in Wrangell's community hospital. She's now on the board and says she's seen firsthand how traveling is an added strain for cancer patients. And I had a lot of dealings with people who have uh, had cancer, and so I have a lot of love and uh, empathy towards their uh, plight and how much those incidental costs um, end up being. WMC's Cancer Care Assistance Program has been a success in supporting southern southeast towns with populations of less than 5,000 people for the past 15 years, says WMC Foundation board member Janet Buness. Since the cancer care um, assistance began, we've had 160 requests for assistance from people, and we've put out more than $117,000. The application for reimbursement from the WMC Foundation for Cancer Care-Related Costs is just one page, up to $1,200 per person each year. Patty Gilbert is a Wrangell Borough Assembly member and WMC Foundation board member. She says the foundation started in connection with Wrangell's former community hospital. All the board members are closely related to our former community hospital. They've either, they're personally related to the hospital or uh, have worked in the hospital. And it doesn't just fund cancer care reimbursements. The foundation also holds other fundraisers for local scholarships for students, which provide two students each year with up to $4,000 over their four years of university. One of the main ways the WMC Foundation raises money for cancer care assistance, though, is its annual golf tournament. It's coming up this weekend. Board member Chris Ellis says Saturday is a women's tournament with a few twists. It is fun and it will be frolic and it's designed so that it will welcome people who don't play golf. The real tournament is Sunday, so if you want to play a real golf game, that's Sunday, but Saturday is for fun. Gilbert says she expects this year's rally to be more wacky than ever. Last year, of course, we canceled because of COVID, but we thought, good gravy, we... We need a golf pro to kind of design the course. 
and we always called it fun and frolic. Well, after Chris uh, got through with it, I think it's more like fright and frustration because (laughs) it's going to be an obstacle course that these women are going to have to try to (laughs) muster through. But the point, Gilbert says, is to do it together and have fundraising money to help fellow Southeast residents. We don't care if you have four people on your team, two people or seven people. Uh, The objective is just to have fun. When the tournament last ran in 2019, it raised over $7,000 for the foundation. This year, the board has set a goal of $10,000. In addition to Saturday's rally and Sunday's more traditional golf tournament, there will be a silent auction, door prizes, homemade breakfasts and lunches, and of course, it's breast cancer awareness boob cake. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. Alaska politicians, tribes, and advocacy organizations are celebrating the passage of legislation that gives more money to crime victims. The bill changes the Victims of Crime Act, sending more money to the Crime Victims Fund. That was created in 1984 to help survivors of domestic violence, sexual assault, child abuse, and other crimes. Money is sent directly to individuals as well as states, territories, and tribes to support victim services organizations. Previously, that money just came from fees paid by people convicted in federal court. It didn't include fines from settlements that don't go to trial. In signing the bill last month, President Biden said an increase in those types of agreements has led to a decrease in funding. Between 2017 and today, the amount of money in these funds has gone down 92 percent, which has resulted in a 70 percent reduction in victims' assistance programs and grants. This means that for a lot of victims, uh, the help they need isn't there any longer. Senator Lisa Murkowski helped introduce the bill. She spoke on the Senate floor about what funding shortages have meant for Alaska organizations as calls to domestic violence hotlines increased during the pandemic. This was everything for them. This was the difference of being able to answer the phone from somebody who um, has, has been abused, is in an awful, tragic situation, doesn't know where to go, and they phone that number and there's nobody to take that call. Under the new law, fines from deferred and non-prosecution agreements will go to the Crime Victims Fund for the first time. In a press release, the Central Council of the Clinket and Haida Indian Tribes of Alaska called the fund a much-needed resource. They say tribal organizations are working to develop culturally appropriate resources for crime victims, especially children and elders. They're also planning to establish an Anchorage-based child welfare office. Clinkin and Haida Seattle delegate Michelle Demrit said the new bill means those programs will have consistent federal funding. Alaska's Council on Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault praised Murkowski's support for the bill after it passed the Senate. In April, the council's executive director cited a drop in the federal funding in announcing grant reductions to victims' advocacy groups around the state. Southeast's commercial troll catch of king salmon fell short of its target in the first summer opening in July. The fleet gets another shot at those Chinook in a second fishing period starting Friday, August 13th. The region's king salmon catch is managed under the Pacific Salmon Treaty between the U.S. and Canada. 
Commercial trawlers had nearly 120,000 fish remaining on this year's allocation under the agreement going into the summer season. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game aims for a harvest of 70% of that in July. But this year's catch was 69,000 Chinook from an eight-day opening, short of the target of over 83,000. That leaves a target of 53,000 for the second opening. Fish and Game expects it could take seven to ten days for the fleet to hit that mark. Before that, though, trolling shuts down in much of the region to allow some coho salmon to reach the inside waters of southeast. That's August 8th through the 12th. Fishing is still allowed in a few hatchery chum areas during that time. Trollers, like other gear groups, are seeing high prices for their fish this summer. Fish and Game reports average prices of $6.68 a pound for kings, coho have averaged $2.67 a pound, and chum, 91 cents a pound. The fish that trollers are catching are smaller in size than recent averages, and that goes for kings, coho, and chum. That's all for tonight's edition of the KRBD Evening Report. You can get the show as a podcast with your favorite podcast app, or you can get it on your smart speaker. Just ask it to play the KRBD Evening Report, or just ask it to play KRBD. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Maria Dudzak. Coming up next is All Things Considered, followed by Alaska News Nightly at 6, Alt Latino at 6.30, TGI Awesome at 7, and Desi Vibes at 9.00.